0: Hey, good evening, everybody. It's the fellas from App Notebook Wagering here doing a little podcast for the uh, Ides of March. And, of course, when we hit March, it's college hoops madness time. We're going to get ready for some March madness. We're going to touch a little NBA. we got a great guest tonight. I'm not going to dilly-dally around here. We'll just fire right into him. Tonight we have At Not The Will Hill. Will Hill, who is the host of the New York City cast at, at Bed Rivers. He's also a V-CIN contributor. And he does the at vison live point spread. Will, what's going on tonight?
1: What's up, guys? Somebody must have canceled that you guys needed me to do this, so I'm, I'm happy to fill in for whoever called out sick. What's going on? Well, we tried to get the bear, but he politely
0: turned us down. So we went with 1A, basically, instead of just the one. It's important to have options.
1: Important to have options in life. Absolutely. Thanks for
0: joining us. Uh, we, we're going to just try to grab like 25 minutes of your time and touch on some hot topics here. I know the boys want to fire off some college basketball at you, but I'll start real quick. I want to fire off some NBA odds at you. So I'm a big Sixers fan, so this will tie in perfectly uh, with the, the trade deadline passing and the big trade of James Harden coming to the Sixers. Do you think that now immediately makes them the team to beat in the East or are teams like the Nets still hanging around with Durant going to pose a problem or even the Miami heat, I think are two, two A, two B style.
1: Yeah. If I had to pick a winner out of the East right now, I would pick the Sixers. Now, again, having to pick a winner and finding betting value might be a different thing because you're seeing, you know, plus two three to one, you just kind of missed the number there. It's like betting any of this stuff. You know, you, you bet Morant when he's 50 to one, you don't bet him after he scores 50 points and he goes down or whatever he is now, 10 to one, you got to get him before the move. I actually, uh, I got a little Philly plus plus one seventy five for the division. I got him 10 to one to win the East, you know, five, six weeks ago when they were playing pretty well, there was rumors of hard and it kind of feels like groundhog day because last year I did the same thing and boy, it didn't go well. That, that series against Atlanta, they just gagged that away. It was just really one of the all time gag jobs. Uh, to lose that series to Atlanta. Seriously, no business losing. But uh, I would put them, you know, inches ahead of everybody. It's not miles. I would have said Milwaukee maybe a week, 10 days ago, but Milwaukee's got me concerned. I think there's a little bit of a championship hangover now. Uh, who knows how much of that is them just playing possum. Who knows how much of that is. You know, uh, short off season, they didn't win the title till mid-July, late July. Holiday went to the Olympics. If you remember, Drew, Holiday went to the, uh, yeah, Holiday and Middleton both went to the Olympics. Uh, so, it, you know, the intensity is not there with them defensively. How much of that can they turn it on in the playoffs? We'll see. Miami, like you mentioned, is very good. Nets get the ramp back. It's a really a, a wide open, a competitive East. Usually the East is kind of the JV circuit in the NBA. Uh, this year, I mean, even teams like Boston, Toronto, Cleveland's had a good year, the Bulls. Uh, there's not an easy out. I mean, you could be the one seed and get the nets in the first round, which is no picnic. So, um, you know, I would pick the Sixers, but again, it's just, I don't, I don't know that there's a lot of value there with the current number.
0: Perfect little segue there. So you uh, dropped the uh, John Morant name, who I actually took probably about three weeks ago and I got him plus 3,200 for MVP, which is still a decent number. I mean, it's down to, I believe 1200 on in some books. So if you had to take hypothetically take a $100 bet and put it on MVP right now, who do you think you'd drop it on?
1: Yeah, I don't have the updated numbers. I'm assuming it's what, Embiid, then Jokic, and then what, Giannis in between, then Morant, still something like that? It's Embiid uh, plus 100, uh,
0: Jaws plus 1,800. actually now when I look. Curry's still plus 2,000. Giannis plus 500. Jokic is plus 300. And then the long shot who I just wanted to – See if you maybe grab to gravitate towards a little bit with Damar DeRozan plus 1200.
1: I don't think DeRozan's gonna get it. Uh, I just don't know that he brings enough both sides. You know, some of the true shooting percentage, he's not as good as, you know, the points per game. I think the best bang for your buck is certainly Morant. I mean, he's becoming the story of the league. Uh, you know, with no, with, with the Warriors kind of limping, though Grizzlies can kind of inch up to the two seed. I think they're getting a lot of buzz. And with these awards, obviously it's play on the field that's important, but. Uh, it, it, a lot of it's the buzz, the media, the media narrative, you know, who becomes the story. And I, I think Morant is, is really taking the lead by storm. I mean, the other night, he kind of had a couple highlight moments with the dunk, the buzzer beating shot, 50 points. Uh, I think that's actually a pretty good number on Morant at 18 to 1.
0: Good, good. All right, my last one for you. So, two teams beginning of the year, we have the Lakers plus 350 to win it all, and the Nets plus 225 to win it all. Is it? really potentially going to happen that both could miss the playoffs or if they miss, they're going to get the play in and then they're going to have a tough first round matchup out of those two. Who do you think is probably going to miss the playoffs?
1: Yeah, the Lakers are all but dead. I mean, the roster is just a disaster. You know what they did for Westbrook, giving away Kuzma and Harrell, uh, combining with what they gave it for Davis. They just don't have any assets left. They went, they went all in with a bad hand pretty much. And You know LeBron's not at the point of his career where he can absolutely carry a team to 50 plus wins. He's still very good. Uh, He can be great certain nights, but it's just a roster with a lot of bad defenders, not a lot of shooting. Davis can't seem to stay on the court. How much of that is him being injury prone, how much of that is bad luck? It's probably a little of both. Uh, To me, the Lakers are dead. I I would not count the Nets out. I think you know you get Durant back tomorrow. Durant, you could still make a case as the best player in the league. We saw what he did last year in the playoffs, especially against Milwaukee. Uh, You're going to put Simmons around a bunch of shooting. You know, maybe there's no pressure on Simmons. Now, again, you can't trust Ben Simmons. I understand that. But he can defend. He can rebound. You can put some shooting around him. Uh, I wouldn't count the Nets out. To me, the Lakers are pretty much dead.
0: So before we jump to these other three guys on
1: some college hoops
0: talks, do you think the Sixers actually won that trade overall?
1: Yeah, you know, it was an interesting trade because they both look at each other like you have to do the deal and the other side say, no, you have to do the deal. I mean, hard, the, the Sixers are looking at, the Nets saying, hey, you're going to lose Harden for nothing if you don't do this deal. And then the Nets are looking at the Sixers like, hey, your guy doesn't even play. So they were both kind of desperate. It was a weird match where, uh, you know, it's hard to declare the Nets the loser of the trade till you see Durant and Simmons. You can't, we haven't really seen the Nets, so we don't know how this is going to work. There's a lot of questions and we're still only two games in now with Philly. They're starting their third game here in a minute against the Knicks. Um You know, it's obviously it's looked as good as you can, but it's still only two games. It's still the Timberwolves. It's still the Knicks. I I think it's a move you had to make if you were Philly. You weren't winning the title this year uh, with the roster the way it was. And Bede was playing so well that he deserved a chance to get another superstar. So uh, it's a trade. I don't you know, I I think they'll eventually end up winning it. It's hard for me to say that definitively now, but I I do think it's a trade that Philly absolutely had to make. And look, I mean, Maury did a great job. Everyone said you're not going to get anything for Simmons. You're not going to get anything for him. Maybe he wouldn't have if this whole Harden thing didn't emerge. But, hey, he walks away with James Harden. And, and, look, that's more than we could have ever expected. I mean, people were saying, hey, you should take Buddy Heald. You should take Harrison Barnes. Take whatever you can get. Remember that? I mean, there was a lot of people saying that. Now, hey, I got James Harden. that's pretty good. Yeah, I was
0: – a, I was honestly, I was a naysayer right out of the gate. And then I, I had a couple of friends. We had some discussion talking off the ledge. I'm like, bigger picture, I get a, The one. First, they gave up, I believe, is 2027, maybe it's it's way down the road. Who knows what that could even pan out to? But let's jump jump over to these other three guys. We'll go over to Q, Smitty, and hold on at
3: I have one question for the NBA here. Since I'm not a BNBA NBA guy, but is it more important, especially in the playoffs, to have the great guys as opposed to a bunch of good guys? Like you look at Miami and there's a bunch of very good, but they really, I mean, Jimmy Butler's the closest thing, probably they have an elite player, even though they have some guys like you know that play really at a high level. But is it going to be a huge advantage for like the Nets to have like, or no, sorry, the Sixers to have those two guys that are you know considered probably top ten guys, right? Like you can build the pieces around. You already hear the Sixers talk about going after DeAndre Jordan, kind of building it back underneath the two stars. I mean, how important are stars in the NBA when it comes to the playoffs? Can there be another Pistons where you have a bunch of very good to beat like
1: the great? No, you make a good point. You'd rather have the dollar than, you know, the four quarters. Even the Suns, who are the favorite here, I mean, they don't really have a top 10 guy. Booker's really good. Paul's really good. I wouldn't say either one of those is a great top three, top five player. And you look at who wins titles. It's LeBron. It's Curry. It's Durant. It's Michael Jordan. It's Olajuwon. It's Duncan. I mean, you could basically boil it. It's Shaq. You could boil it down to seven or eight guys who win all these titles. Uh, You need great players. Obviously, the Pistons was a little bit of an exception. Although, I think Rasheed Wallace, at his best, when he was on his best behavior, was uh closer to that list than people might think but yeah you, you need the great players i i think it's hard to win without a top three top five player you just look through it historically it's it's really hard to win if you don't have one of those guys i think absolutely you'd rather have you know the uh the top heavy roster as opposed to you know the depth of miami i got right, i got one different. for
2: uh for Will before we go uh well, are you a big um, – Matt's kind of brought me into this with the NBA props, and I'm having a lot of fun doing the NBA props. Are
1: you a big NBA prop guy? Yeah, I try to look at everything. Uh, I wouldn't say that's my strength. Once in a while, somebody – you know, a listener will text me or DM me, hey, this line might be a little off because of a late injury. Uh, again, there's a lot that goes into that, especially in the NBA now. Who Who's resting? Who's playing? It's a little better now. But, I mean, there was a time in the middle of the year with COVID and stuff where it was just – it's impossible – to keep up with. It's impossible to bet stuff, you know, early morning, the night before, because you never know who's playing. Uh, what Uh what, What's your question specifically? What, what, uh, what's your I, I just wanted, you,
2: you know, just, is there anybody, what I've been doing lately is I, it's like, I try to do the same guys all the time and it's been working for me. I mean, is there any advice for, I'm going to just use myself here, just coming into it. Is there anything that like specifically I should look for in, um, you know, to, to, To put a bet is can you run the same like Fox for uh, Sacramento has been on a tear. You know, I think he's played like eight games or nine games. And I mean, he's usually at uh, 24 and a half. And I've been jumping on him all the time. And I mean, I've just been winning, winning. And I like playing the same kind of guys. But just again, I'm very new at this. What would be your best advice maybe for someone like me or someone trying to go, okay I'm going to start gambling on uh, some of these NBA props?
1: Yeah, that's the one advantage we have as betters. I mean, the, the the books, Vegas, they have to put lines up on so much college basketball, uh, soccer, you know, baseball. When it comes, football, when it comes, they got a lot to put up props. So you you can catch them with a bad number, and certainly these more random markets. Like you know, if if the Packers are playing the Cowboys, you're not going to get a, a mistake, a bad line in the Packers and the Cowboys because the handle's so big. But uh, if you're looking at a prop for De'Aaron Fox, absolutely, you can catch some value. I know uh, a couple of guys have been texting me about. um Who's it? Uh, Shea is Gilgis, Gilgis Alexander? The Thunder uh, has been going way over his props, and you know sometimes a guy like Giddy goes out, and you know they don't really adjust the number for Gilgis Alexander. Uh, these books make mistakes too; they don't make a lot of them. They don't stay up for very long, but absolutely, you can catch these these books with their pants down when you when you do your homework.
0: Great stuff. Yeah, I I, I don't know if I really should have turned Smitty on to the NBA props. This kid fires on everything, <laughs> Russian ping pong included.
1: yeah i know some people make a lot of money with the same game parlays that's just that's not my strength i think there's a little bit of a lottery uh, appeal to it where some people you see these big tickets hey i you know i bet 15 bucks and i won three grand things like that and that can become addictive that can become you know it's no different than buying lottery tickets where you know you get addicted to the rush of it the appeal of it where sometimes that's not uh you know that's not the best percentage play but yeah, I think it's important the so better to you know find your strength and, and do what you're good at.
0: All right, Q, well, we'll start with you. Let's fire into a little bit of college hoops. I'll let you take the floor and fire off some questions for Will.
4: Well, heading in, obviously, the conference tournaments are starting, I believe, next week. Um, so heading into the college uh tournament schedule and you know obviously the bracketology will come out what conference do you think is going to have the best chance to maybe come out on top um you know where the most quality teams uh that that could run it you know the big 10 has suffered year in and year out um but you know the sec is is becoming more of a, a powerful basketball power five school you know the big 12 very good defense very good team ball uh pac 12 had an outstanding showing last year that i don't think many of 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 us, you know, frankly saw you know Oregon State making it that far. Uh, what conference
1: are you looking at to maybe kind of make a good run at this tournament? Yeah, you made a good point about the Big Ten. Seems like every year, every sport, they kind of whether it's bowl season in college football, they kind of get uh, undressed when the time comes. You know, think about Georgia, Michigan, and the the conference, the college football playoffs. I had Michigan plus the seven and a half, I think it was, and about two or three plays into the game, I was like, oh shit, I made a I made a big mistake. You can kind of see that the Big Ten speed wasn't with the SEC speed. Uh, I would say the Big Twelve, the Big Twelve is really good with Texas Tech, Kansas. Baylor, who's kind of sneaking under the radar, you know, won a national title this year. They're in the top two or three now. It's it's very hard to go back to back. I, I think it's very hard. I don't think you – know, I think Florida was the last team to go back to back, and I think they're probably the last team to win a championship and even go back to a Final Four the next year. Very rarely does a team win it all even get back to a Final Four next year. So Baylor's got a shot. Kansas is good. Texas Tech is really good. Texas with Beard's not terrible. I think the Big 12 is absolutely loaded. I think that's a, that's a really good conference. Smitty, what do you got? Well, with
2: coming up with these, you know, some of these smaller ones have started here. Is there anything? I jumped on two last night, um, conference champions. Has is there anybody that's jumping off the page at you? Um, you know, it maybe the ones that are just starting this week, or even, you know, I know some of the brackets are just starting to come out for the bigger ones next week, but is there any in this maybe the the smaller conferences uh for conference champ that's jumping off the page for you to jump on a future here
1: yeah i looked at wyoming wyoming's in the eight to one nine to one range to win that mountain west conference they got two really good players in ek and maldonado uh that's an underrated team that's a good coach uh that's actually a pretty good conference the mountain west so uh wyoming's a team i'm looking at i think they're gonna be a tournament team i actually think they could win a game a couple of games in the tournament to me they're a dangerous team uh, a good coach so uh, I'm, I'm excited about Wyoming. I'm going to probably play them again with these conference tournaments, same for the NCA futures. It's fun to talk about long shots. You know, who's a 50 to one, 60 to one. Sometimes you got to do out the math though. And it's just better to just roll this game, roll the, uh, you know, game by game instead of, uh, you know, locking in a future price, just bet them on the money line, bet them again on the money line, keep rolling it over and you might get more bang for your buck that way.
3: Jason. <laughs> you mentioned uh callers and listeners do, do you get good advice from the people who like chime in like do they give you good stuff or do they just kind of get themselves out there to kind of like uh push themselves and maybe whatever they're touting at that time
1: no it's been pretty good i had somebody dm me uh like was like the friday before the super bowl say hey there's a, there's whispers that lose yourself is going to be the first m song of halftime and it ended up being the case so i mean look that's that's one thing you have to do is better is you got to find, you know, a, a team, a network of people that are smart, that you trust. It's hard to beat these books one-on-one, but if you can kind of gang up and say, Hey, I heard this. And then kind of trade information. We, you get a scoop. I get a scoop. We all kind of team up and share things. Uh, that's, that's one advantage betters have that I don't think you always take advantage of. Well, um, do you go out to Vegas for March madness? I've been a couple of times. Uh, I don't think I'm going this year. I've had been a couple of times. It's just, it's a great time of year. The weather's beautiful. It's not a hundred degrees. It's nice. It's, it's perfect. That in September, are just, I think the two best times to go to Vegas and uh, as good as NCAA tournament is conference tournament weeks, even better because there's just so many games. You wake up, there's a game, you're going to bed. There's a game. There's multiple games on all, all around the clock. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's probably the best week to go conference tournament week.
0: The reason I asked is three of us are going out. So I would have uh, beat up with us for a, a beer and uh, some shenanigans, but uh, where are you guys staying? Fun. I am actually staying at the Cosmopolitan. All right. Um, so it's funny you brought up Wyoming. That was my sleeper team, kind of, if they get into the tournament. I'm pretty sure they're still going to get in. Um, I'm looking for another. Right. Yeah. I, they're struggling a little they have a Big game tonight. Uh, if they can get through that, I think they're a lock. If you're looking for just one more Cinderella out there for the people listening, for the bracket bracket guys. Who want to fill it out, maybe get a small team to win two games, who would you recommend to, to take a look at?
1: So you're saying a small team to win two games. I would save say Vermont, if people have been paying attention, have been killing that conference. I think it's the American East. They've been dominant in that conference. Uh, if you're looking at like a long shot to win it, I know Arkansas was like 75, 80 to one to win the whole thing a week or two ago. Uh, I think like, like a week ago, I saw somebody say, hey, grab 80 to one while you can. I think that number's moved. That win against Kentucky's kind of put them on the map. So sometimes, again, it's it's not just who you bet; it's when you bet them. That uh, I think those numbers are gone, and I don't think you can count Arkansas as a sleeper anymore. But if you're looking for a small school, I think Vermont is really good. Uh, they've just buried the competition, um, you know, in, in their conference. So Vermont's definitely a team. Like I mentioned, Wyoming is a team. I'm trying to think if there's a if there's another team. It's hard because we don't know who's in yet. You know. These right. mid majors, they love to screw over these mid majors. It's really kind of unfair. I think Memphis, if Memphis could get in, Memphis could win a couple games. They've really turned their season around too. Well, uh, You've you
0: rattled off actually three tickets. I had. I grabbed Arkansas last week. I believe it's sixty-one to one. I got them in at. Not bad. And uh, I love Wyoming to win. Uh, they're they're be, they would be my pick to, if they're in the tournament to win two games, just because of the the guard and the big guy EK underneath.
1: Well, yeah, that was a tough one the other night, too. I mean, they, San Diego State, I was on Wyoming Monday night. San Diego State just seemed like they hit every three known to yeah. man. It was really frustrating. Yep. Go ahead, Tim. Well, I got two two quick questions.
4: One, I'd like to kind of get your take on Providence. You know, obviously, they had an incredible season. They won the Big uh, Big East regular season. Uh, do you think that that team is going to kind of flame out fairly early in the tournament? Um, or And then two, when you're when you're betting the, the tournament, you know, obviously free throws are a big factor in the games. You know, do you do you tend to kind of uh stick to spreads or maybe over-unders because of those free throws late in games? Like what is your kind of your go-to or your advice, you know, for somebody um outside of us who, you know, I wouldn't say we're sharks or professionals, but you know, we we kind of pay attention more than the average person. How would you give some advice on where to lean, you know, come the March Madness?
1: Yeah, I play more spreads than anything, but I do think there's some value in the unders. You get max motivation. You get some strange gyms, some strange backdrops, or sometimes they're playing in these huge arenas. It's hard to shoot, especially in the first half. Now, you bring up a good point. Free throws at the end. You know, these kids, it's the end of their season. It's the end of their career for some of them. So, you know, normally when you're down eight and there's 12 seconds left, you're not going to foul on the tournament. You just keep fouling, fouling, fouling. That could end, you know, that could attack on a, a cheap 15, 20 points and, and really kill your under. But I do think unders, especially in the first half, uh, are generally a pretty good play in the tournament because you're getting max effort defensively. All right,
0: boys,
4: you got anything else for Will before we let him get, sneak out of here? Yeah, I just—I was the—the the first question was just what—what's your thoughts? You know, prop with Providence. Oh, Providence.
1: I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh yeah, they've been a little lucky. I mean, look, it's a great story to win the Big East. If you had to ask me, hey, you're going to play on them every game or play against them every game? I'm going to play against them every game. I, I just think they're going to be overvalued now. I say that I think Ken Palm and some of these books, they're a little smarter than, you know, they're not going to just look at the record and uh, make them a bigger favorite than they're supposed to be. I, I think they'll be probably priced appropriately and they just keep outperforming their numbers. I mean, that was even a, without their best player yesterday, almost beat going over to lose by a couple points. Uh, it, they've been impressive, but, you know, I, I think they're 50-50 at best to even make a sweet 16. I don't think they're a real threat to win the tournament, even get to a final four.
3: You mentioned Ken Palm. So like how far are analytics? Like we there's so many di- different analytics sites. Now you have got T rank, you've got, um, metrics. That's another one I use and Ken Palm. Like, it, does it kind of undervalue a team like Providence who, when you watch them play, they don't look like the 42nd best team in college basketball. Like, I mean, does that kind of help you on the spread? Like I, obviously last night against Villanova, Providence really hung with them and actually looked improved in my eyes, uh, versus the metrics. Like, is this, do people get too attached? Like, is there like two camps? There's people to follow the polls and basically people to follow the numbers and they kind of can't merge it too.
1: Yeah, I think you make a good point. You're probably better off, you know, following the polls, following the numbers and watching the games. I mean, you know, you can look at the Ken Palm rankings all you want. I mean, the books have access to the Ken Palm rankings too. They're free. They're available. It's not like we know something they don't. So yeah, you want to pay attention to the Ken Palm numbers, but again, you can't you know, live and die by them because the books just like us have access to them just as much.
0: Hey, Will, thanks for the time. Uh, we really appreciate it, especially anytime you can give us. Do uh, you want to give yourself a little plug and shout out on everything you got going on?
1: Yeah, check me out on VEASAN. I'm usually on the Lombardi line, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And then uh, New York City Cast. wherever you get podcasts, you just go to VEASAN.com slash podcasts. Like you mentioned, we had Chris Felica last week, the Bear. We had Mike Sando talking some NFL. We've had some good guests. So VEASAN.com slash podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Appreciate you guys. This was fun. Hey, before you do drop, how big of a character is Carl Jick Jack Johnson? Oh man, that guy is living good. I mean, the the food he eats, that guy, that guy needs his own spin-off, some sort of sitcom, some sort of reality show. That guy is just, I mean, there's a whole there's a whole backstory we haven't gotten with Carl Johnson. We need I need more, all the Carl Johnson I can get, I need. Yeah, we we've had him on a two or three times now. He is a he has a trip, man. He is a
0: he's a guy's guy, too. He's he's all about sports, all about
1: food i love him he's the best i think you know if somebody doesn't like him that that says more about that person than it does about carl johnson he's just so likable he's so good man he's just uh that southern charm there's nobody like him well hey will thanks for stopping by
0: good luck to you out there hope the podcast kills it and uh, hit us up anytime
1: yeah. Have fun in Vegas. I'm i I'm a little jealous. You didn't have to tell me you were going to Vegas. I didn't really appreciate well, that. We I'm were
0: hoping you here. were going to be there. So
1: I'm in Connecticut. <laughs> it's cold. There's ice, there's snow, and you guys are gonna be living it up in Vegas. I really didn't appreciate it, but thanks for having me on. This was fun. Uh, whenever you guys need me on again, just let me know. Awesome. Thanks. Well, have a good night. Thanks, Will. All right. See you guys. Thanks.
4: Jason, I thought that was a pretty good question that you ended with that, you know, based on our discussion and, I think, you know, that's could be a good talking point. So Jason and I uh, were texting, you guys saw it. Um, the, uh, we talked about Providence specifically, like Ken Palm has them, you know, 42nd ranking. And, and I don't think that they're, you know, worthy of that. I think they're a lot higher, but there has to be a way. And I think Ken Palm could be more accurate for easy numbers. They're probably 80% accurate now. You could get them closer to 90 if there was a little human, you um, oversight on it you know after the end you take the numbers but then you add a point or two you know for emotion for a team kind of playing above themselves uh i I just think that they did there is a room for improvement but if i had to give you the answer i couldn't tell you how yeah i mean he's always the baseline right he's numbers
3: so you know i think that's what people get lost it's not a true ranking it's a you know he's kind of just grinding all the numbers from all the games and kind of gives you a sense of like okay this is what it looks like neutrally right and the one thing he has, and he uses that term, um, it, it's luck. And what it really is, is variance. If you ever played poker or you've gambled, you know variance, right? When you run hot at the blackjack table or you run really high cold at the blackjack table, that's all variance. And that's really what Providence is, is that they've played above their numbers. You know, it will catch up. Like, I think calling it luck is where teams get the negative connotation because they're not lucky. They, they're a good basketball team. They got good guards. They have a good post score. They play defense. They're harassing the heck out of Villanova with the pressure last night. Uh, And Villanova is a good ball-handling team. So that's where it kind of gets a little, like, twisted, I think. And then, you know, you see good basketball teams. Like, some of the Mountain West teams are kind of getting hosed where, you know, ESPN has a metric like BPI that's really not doing them justice. And some of the Kim Palm ratings, really, when you watch those games, like, and they're on all kind of different channels. If you stream, you're lucky because you can see a lot of Mountain West. But if you don't, you probably can't. They're good basketball teams. Like, it's, it's, it's you watch them play. And they're out west. lot, a lot of people see them. But, man, I'm going to have them going far in my brackets. I really think that could be the conference like the Pac-12 where it sneaks up on you and you all of a sudden you realize you've got three Sweet 16 teams out of the Mountain West and you're like, who the heck are these guys? These are the guys I usually bet on on college football.
1: Speaking
3: I'm good to go, lock. right?
1: I'm good to go, guys. You guys are all set? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can drop the time, well. Appreciate you guys. Uh, anytime you need me, let me know. No, Sounds problem. good. Thank you. All right. See ya.
0: So it's yeah, keeping a no, lock uh if you guys jumped on Middle Tennessee State tonight and they're uh I believe it's 10 in a row covers tonight's tonight's going to be a grind they're down 7 eh, 3 minutes into the second half and they're laying 2 so there's there's the sweat of the night for people listening on our hot take the other show
4: you know i i i, I really like the bet that uh will brought up you know about the uh first half unders you know it's kind of one of those that it's an oversight you know that I've done the last couple uh tournaments but I think that's probably a pretty solid bet you know now that he says it and you think about it the games are lost like the last minute of the game when you have you know 16 free throw attempts and you know you're hanging on and and I think I'm Smitty we need to take note of that nails take note of that when we're out there I think he kind of hit the nail on the head there
3: yeah you came sure. point the last night's game Purdue um, Jaden Ivey makes his free throws.
4: That that game,
3: Purdue wins that game and wins the uh, Big Ten. I mean, that was really as well as he played. That's really what cost him was uh, giving it away at the free throw line.
0: Uh, I I had a terrible beat last night. First half, I'm not sure of the game. I bet 54 points in the first half, 88 in the second. Blew my over by three. I, I mean, that's a that's a 34 point swing in the second half. That's miserable beat.
2: Well, I think I think it's hard too because you know we were talking late last night and. I, I got off to a really good start. I had a good night, jumped on uh, myself and Jason jumped on the under in the first half with um, the Arizona USC game and Arizona came out and just, man, did they, I love Arizona. Their size is just crazy. But I jumped on it um, two more times and I didn't go crazy or anything. And I got killed at the very end because Two just late three point I mean hey listen taking the unders is a risky bet man all the time because craziness happens they hit two three pointers in the last like eight seconds that I lost two live ones but even that game too like Arizona was up by like 30 at one time and they were just going and going and I was like can you get a rebound and just kind of walk the ball up the court (laughs) <laughs> That'd be nice. It just and I, I'm laying on the couch saying that to myself out loud. The dogs are looking at me like, what are you talking? I'm like, just walk the ball. They weren't walking the ball up the court, man. That was just go, go, go. So, you know, it's free throws. I can't stand guys missing free throws, but it is what it is. Um, if you take the under. Hey, Toledo, can I just say it real quick? Then I'm gonna let Jason Toledo, Toledo, Toledo. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love this team. Please get in the tournament. Please, I want Vermont in the tournament, and I want Toledo in the tournament.
3: Yeah, Toledo's going to have some work in the MAC because it seems like there's a bunch of good teams there at the top. That are, it's going to be a dog fight there. No, you mentioned free throws. I just saw something this week that this year is the best free throw shooting year on record, which is crazy because it doesn't really look like that, but that it really it is. And you've actually seen. There's one team I can't remember who it was now that's on pace to actually break the all-time record for a single team. They just played the other night, and I can't remember. I was watching them. But uh, something like 84%, which is insane. Yeah,
0: it's funny you say that, Kim. You're absolutely right. When you look at the team free throw percentage, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the bottom of the barrel of teams are right around 70. Back in the day, that used to be 67, 68. Syracuse, notorious for the under 70 free throw shooting, which buried them. I mean, there's a... Um, I I know what team you're talking about. I believe they have five guys who shoot over 80%, and they're only brought down by a few guys who come off the bench and break it up there.
3: I want to say it's someone in the ACC. I can't think of that. I think this is part of the game changing. And, you know, when you had two posts back in the day, those guys usually weren't great shooters outside of six or seven feet, right? Now everyone shoots a three. Everyone shoots. It's actually a harder shot from 15 than it is from uh, 22. Uh, two. Because people practice it more, right? That's one one of the reasons the Syracuse zone works so well is that no one practices those mid range shots that they'll give you. Um, Everyone, you know, no one's turning catch kind of guys anymore
0: inside uh, the arc. So, for the listeners, why don't we dig into some conference tourneys? I know you guys have a couple of futures plays that you've made. I have (laughs) not made any yet. So, I'll let you guys take the floor and fire away on some conference tourney plays that you really like, recommend, or want to steer clear of i'll go real quick
2: i i just jumped on i think jason i, I don't know jason kind of seemed like you like this one little uh missouri valley a little arch madness looking at it you know skippy was on last week and we brought up northern iowa and i really like northern iowa that's a weird so they beat um loyola chicago and Loyola now jason am i correct Loyola is like Fourth
3: in that or third? Yeah, they're the, they're the four seed now, which is crazy to me. But they fell from the first to the fourth. They had a couple uh, slip-ups late against the other good teams. But um, record-wise, it shook out to where they're the fourth on tiebreaker. So, yeah, that top four, that Missouri Valley, those are all, you know, even if they – whoever gets through, because it's only going to be one, probably. Loyola had the best shot of at being at large. I don't think that's the case anymore. Um, they're all going to be live. There's all going to be 12 seeds, and they're going to be that 12 seed up that everybody loves. But, um, yeah, so I took Drake, um, plus I think I got plus 600. Uh, I, I think it's still lower than that now. And I'll tell you what, it was actually moving whenever I was betting it because I saw it listed at actually plus 1,000, and the odds went down that far. I think it was actually on bet rivers. Um, so people were hitting on, like, the values. And that's what I think what you're going to see here is basically what the strategy is for a lot of people is you take these kind of the third and fourth place teams to have pretty decent numbers with them, and you hope they get to that final game. And then you can hedge the other way and you've got eight to one odds on one side and, you know, you're getting by a minus 120 or more than that on the game. And you can, you know, you can just lock in a profit and it's probably the best way to attack it the conference week. Well,
2: I jumped on the same. I have I, I also took Drake. I really like Northern Iowa, uh, but just to look at the brackets and I think that's, you know, you have to look at the brackets and see and Drake's a really good team they can i like the matchups where they can go there i jumped on drake also with jason so i have drake and then um oh man i just i had the conference winthrop what are they in the big um big south big south big south yeah. thank you i did go with winthrop uh last night also i think it was plus 200 uh i think they're the number 2 i think Longwood is number 1 out of that and winthrop is number 2 i just think I kind of like went through a little bit of, you know, plus 200. So I took a shot. That's my only two in conference right now. I want to look at a little bit more brackets. Uh, some of these other ones I did not jump on. Um, the Atlantic Sun, I was thinking about it. La- it started last night. I was going to take a chance with uh, Florida Gulf Coast, but I did not.
0: I'll, I'll throw one out there. So uh, the big sky to me is an interesting conference, and it's not of who's going to win it. Every team in there actually likes to run and gun. So if you're looking at a game-by-game basis, a lot of the overs in that conference hit when the big, when the big dogs of that league play. Weaver State likes to get after it, Montana State, Northern Colorado, even Montana and Eastern Washington, all are up-tempo teams. So if you just want to get a little late-night fun and maybe shoot some overs, there you go. Look at the big sky.
3: Yeah, I think Montana State just clinched that that conference last night, first time in 20 years that the, yeah, uh, exactly. the Bobcats are there, the, using the, the uh, Yellowstone boost there um, <laughs> from that show. Uh, but, yeah, no, Weaver's always good there. I think Southern Utah is actually a pretty good team. So that's one. I think that's like Saturday night. That always gets overshadowed by the big boys because I think they play at the same time, maybe a little bit later. So you don't hear too much on that one.
0: Um, let's hit the 810. Sorry. I was going to say, let's hit the A10 because somebody texted out an interesting uh, message today. I can't figure out St. Bonaventure. I'm not sure who it was, but they're such an interesting team. They're 19 and 8, 11 and 5 in their conference. They're going to be the four seed. I actually think they can get through Davidson, VCU, and Dayton. They actually match up well against all three. Davidson's probably the heavy favorite in this conference, but I think if you're looking for somebody a little bit down the board, look at the Bonnies.
3: Yeah, I think the biggest thing for them is they play like six and a half guys, and they're gonna to have to win four games. Uh, what was he? The A10? Yeah, they're gonna to to win four games in four days. That's gonna to be tough for them, um, just because of that. By the you know, by that last day, they're not gonna make any shots, and they're not a real good shooting team to begin with. Um, that's the thing with Davidson too. That's a pure shooting team, so you wonder where the legs go um, when they get deep in these tournaments. Yeah, A10's kind of up for grabs. Like St. Louis showed flashes, like they were gonna be good, and they've kind of fallen off a little bit um dayton to me is kind of trending the right direction i watched them have a nice win on the road against rhode island and they like they've been playing pretty well since then vcu is back playing like vcu um you know they're gonna go they don't need they don't worry about missing shots because they go get it anyway so yeah i think there's probably good value there because the top teams are all gonna have plus numbers next to their name which is what you're looking for q you got
0: anything you want to add in here
4: uh, just on A10. I think you'll see. So, I mean, it's wide open, I think, in the conference tournament, but I think you'll see one of one or two of those teams make more damage in the tournament. I think that's where they're going to excel. They know each other within the conference. Uh, they know how to play each other. They play similar for the most part. Each team uh, like, you know, a defensive game, a lot of hustle. They they. In my mind, I think they do more damage in the tournament because they they play really aggressive defense. They play with 120 percent effort and speed, uh, and they they catch teams by surprise. You know who who haven't normally played that all year. So, I, I don't really know who's going to win outside of those teams in a 10. I'm looking more to see who advances uh, into the tournament, and then I'm going to be looking heavily at that and who they're matched up with.
0: So I know we touched a few weeks ago. I said one of the the bets that's been floating around the Vegas uh, books is will a team with more than four losses win the NCAA title this year? And if you made that bet that it was going to be somebody with over four, you're looking fantastic. Because right now, there's really only two contenders that have three losses, and that's Gonzaga and Arizona. And they still have their conference tournaments to go through. I think at least you're at minimum, you probably are going to get a push on this. Who do you guys think could be the spoiler out of those two if it comes 20 time that you have to sweat out if you have that bet? What side of
3: my own, am I on? Am I on the side under four or over four?
0: It, it Well, if you're on the over four, those are the two you have to sweat out the Zags and Arizona.
3: I, you know, I'll tell you what, I was pretty impressed with Arizona last night, and not that I was on the wrong side of them, but um, they came off a bad loss in Colorado where they got pushed around. I actually watched the second half of that game whenever uh, it was pre- pretty evident that the Buffaloes were going to beat them and uh, the storm was going to hit. Uh, they Last night, they looked so fast. They looked like more athletic Gonzaga. Like they play exactly like them. They've got the big guys underneath. You know, they, they push the ball after every make, which you just don't see as much anymore, especially if you watch Big Ten basketball. Everybody's playing slow as a these days. Um, they just look really good. They were hitting a lot of shots, which they don't always do. So I would actually think Arizona is going to go through the Pac-12 tournament pretty good. I think Gonzaga, I think that loss is probably the best thing that can happen to him because it kind of resets it. It makes it very easy for Mark Few to get people motivated and looking to hurt people when they go to Vegas and play uh, that really unique format they have in the West Coast Conference. I think they only have to play one game. Um, so. You know, obviously I would take Gonzaga because they only have to play one game in their conference tournaments. They're probably not gonna lose there. And it's still a really good team, really, really big. It just, you wonder if they're, they're quick enough to guard some of the quicker teams uh, from the SEC and the big 12.
4: I would go Arizona, but I'm gonna go in a little different direction. I think it's who they play over the year. Arizona plays a much tougher conference. And we've said this, you know, the past two years, Gonzaga will front load their conference in some of those tournaments and, and some big name guys. And then they coast now obviously jason pointed out that that loss kind of resets it to where the last few years they've gone and you know uh without a loss so they've kind of slept walk in uh but i just think when it comes to tournament time and you have to play you know top 68 or top 64 competition they're not accustomed to it. You know, they really haven't played really tough teams since, you know, uh, November, December. And I think that catches them off guard year in and year out. And they do nothing about it being in the West coast conference, Arizona has got to play through a PAC 12 tournament. Whereas the West coast conference, like you said, they may only have to play one game um, and St. Mary's is is pedestrian uh, to the PAC 12. So I, I think that just the lack of strength of schedule kills Gonzaga year in and year out. I,
2: I like Arizona. I'm going to go what, what Jason just said. I mean, really sitting there watching, sorry, a cat just came on my deck and was staring in at me. And <laughs> at so, uh, squirrel. Arizona's uh, Arizona speed. Very good. Very good. The size, the thing about Arizona, I kept saying to myself last night, how many teams can really match up on the boards with them? You know, I just, I don't know. I mean, they're just so big. Their guards can hit, man. And they were hitting shots last night, big time. Arizona is a, I just think, put a ticket on Arizona. I think, you know, and I'll I'll tell you, I mean, I'm going to give you who I gave a ticket on. And I think it's going to be funny because I've been fading this team, but I I put a ticket on them, but Arizona is really, really good. I, I really enjoyed that team last night. That is a tough, that's a very tough team. And you know, the thing, You know, I took St. Mary's the other night, first half against the Zags, and the Zags just could not shoot, man. Tilly was just missing like gimmies. And it's just one of those, and we said this all year, guys, it's just one of those games. I mean, that's the great thing about college basketball. You can lose a game, and it does not kill your season. I mean, they're right back in it, and they can now maybe win their conference, and they're going to get a a one seed, or and they're going to maybe cruise to the final four. Absolutely, it does not. But Arizona, very impressed last night.
3: Before the- I think about Arizona, it's interesting. Um, Gil Alexander on uh, being the books um, had this criteria for national champions that there's like five, six things that always all these champions for like the last twenty years have had, and Arizona had all the criteria except for one, and that was a coach who's been to the Sweet Sixteen. Now, obviously, their head coach is Gonzaga's like number one assistant for the last I think ten years, so he's been there. He just hasn't been the head guy. Like they had every every single thing, top the strength of schedule, um, top 20 uh, offense and defense. So it's really on the coach because it, it seems like they're more than capable of uh, going the distance there.
0: Before we uh, hit the home stretch and touch on two other subjects, Smitty, I got two teams who actually match up pretty well with uh, Arizona. I'd love to see a Final Four involving all three of these. Kentucky matches up well size-wise and um, Auburn. With the two big guys underneath Jabari Smith and the big white kid. They're they're a wrecking crew. Auburn's basically gonna be dependent on who can run that point guard spot for them. If he if that kid's rolling, man, I, I don't I'm glad I have a ticket on Auburn.
2: Well, you know, right now, and I'll say who I gave a ticket on here in a second. Kentucky's the team right now. If you said Smitty, take somebody, I'm taking Kentucky. I really like Kentucky. I just think the guy underneath is a monster. I like their guards. I think they shoot well. They're deep. A lot of guys score. So I really, I love Kentucky. I'll probably do a ticket on. And again, this just going in, not even seeing the bracket. I mean, when I see a bracket, something else might pop off here, but I would do Kentucky. I like Arizona and I took Duke. Now, why are you going to say it? I've been fading Duke, but I'm going to take Duke because I've been saying this on the last couple shows, they're going to get a good seed. They have a ton of talent, and I've said that. I didn't play it last night because they played Pitt, and I just could not take Pitt in that game against the fade Duke play. But I still favorite. think – yeah, I'm glad I did. I still think, though, Coach K, final tournament, and Duke gets calls a lot. They've got calls over the years. I think they'll get more calls in this. so why not? I put a ticket already. My only play so far to win
3: the national championship is Duke. So do you think Duke is benefiting because the ACC is just really mediocre, to put it nicely? I mean, the last time that Duke played a top 25 Ken Palm team was Ohio State on November 30th, who is 26th right now, so it's not even 25th. But you know what I mean? Like, it's been a while. Like, the ACC is just really, eh. So I wonder, you know, how much, you know, we're kind of ripping Gonzaga for playing, you know, all these uh, small schools and trust me, the bottom of the WCC is awful, but you know, the ACC is really not pushing them either. They just don't have the same level of kids that Duke has. Uh, Carolina is the closest thing and they don't have enough of them. Right. So I'm just wondering if they're going to have the same effect where, you know, when he gets bright lights, big city in the first round, like that they're going to kind of get a little surprised, especially even by a small school early, but definitely in the second round where it's like, whoa, like you know we haven't played teams as well at all
2: and i'll say this jason if i you know first round the fade duke could be back i if i lose my ticket on them the win that I, I, listen i'm not losing sleep over it <laughs> that's <fine. laughs> i mean i'll i'll come right back and play the fade duke play no i agree i mean like you look at uva uva was starting and then florida state you know and you can say well florida state hit a half court shot on and be well why, why why was that game close should have been close Florida state has nobody playing for him. It's, it's the ACC's down. I mean, and Hey, let's break it down. You know, we, we, I, well, I'm going to say me, I, I really like the Syracuse team losing the big kid. Edwards underneath was a killer for them. Matt said it, you know um, many times. Cause Matt's a fan of theirs, but I had UNC team points. And then of course it had to go to OT and I lose it the other night because that was nowhere close. UNC. I'm not sold on that UNC team. I don't think UNC is very good. Uh, there, who else is good in that? I I, I don't know. I, I I'll tell you a team I like out of there, Notre Dame.
3: Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're getting enough respect. I mean, I, that gets a decent decent team, but you never know because it's the same thing. They're playing the same level of competition. Virginia Tech's come on. I I thought they were going to be good. Then they kind of they scuffled a little bit, but this seems like they're coming on late too. They're going to be dangerous if they get. Uh, the right matchup too, because they can hit threes from anywhere. Everyone can shoot on that offense. And
0: guy coached at Wofford, Wofford pulled some upsets when he was there. For, for a a look ahead. I actually like Wake Forest in the conference 20 for that one. If if they get hot, they they can, they can, they can dump in some buckets, but man, they're super streaky. I'm looking at the standings. Now I actually think it's going to be sad. I actually think the ACC is going to get six teams in the tournament, even though they probably don't deserve four. On name alone,
3: yeah. T-Rank has five for them, and I agree. I don't. It's they're all going to be low seeds. It'll so it'll be interesting. Somebody's going to shock somebody, and that'll defend the ACC.
0: Yep, you're absolutely right. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's uh, do a little quick hot takes. We'll do some golf, and I know Q wanted to talk about some college baseball. He's a big Virginia Wahoos fan. He likes his Florida Gators. Q, give us a little little hot take on some college baseball.
4: Yeah, you guys touched on it last week uh, on the show and there, but I kind of wanted to touch. So UVA, you know, obviously they've got one of the better coaches in, in baseball, Brian O'Connor. They just locked him up uh, after their run last year when a lot of people didn't think, you know, they could make it to Omaha. Uh, and then for them to beat, you know, a, a very tough Tennessee team out of the gate, you know, and, and they played, frankly, everybody close. I mean, they they took Texas to extra innings. They returned a lot of that talent. Jake Geloff, uh, I believe he's a sophomore this year, utility infielder, The kid's batting like 688. I mean, he's got five or six home runs. He's no Tommy White, uh, but he's an absolute slugger. Kyle Teal, probably one of the best hitting catchers in all of baseball. Uh, Can play the outfield as well. Uh, Brandon Neek, a really, really good curveball pitching uh, left-hander. So they have the pitching. They kind of dropped off. They lost a lot of pitching last year uh, with guys like Griff McGarry. Uh, Andrew Abbott leaving but offensively they're backed I mean they were supposed to be solid hitting last year and they turned it on late they've started hot I mean they just absolutely smashed Cornell Uh, so they're a team Florida one of the best pitching staffs in baseball offensively, if they've got the guys to do it, uh, you know, they're, they have the number one recruiting class for a reason, their coach, Kevin O'Sullivan's an incredible coach. If they can just stay consistent outside of my Gators bias, I mean, they are a serious threat to win it all. Uh, another team, you know, Vanderbilt's always good under Tim Corbin. Uh, they, they return a lot. Patrick Riley is a number three last year is the number one on any other team. And he's showing that this year, you know, Dominic Keegan, Carter young, uh, Bradfield Jr. I mean, those guys just absolutely rake. Uh, and and they play top talent. You know, SEC is far and away the best conference. Uh, Texas, two studs. I mean, they have two power pitchers, great hitting. They should be back. Uh, Ivan Melendez, you know, massive power hitter. Uh, bats really well over 300, so they, they should uh, be good. And uh, Mississippi State, you know, I know they're all kind of juggernaut teams, but Mississippi – I mean, there's a reason SEC is so dominant. Um, but if I had to pick a team outside, like a – like a mid-American team or mid-conference, you know, conference. Long Beach State always, you know, the dirtbags can recruit in Southern Cal. You know, they, uh, they're they a solid team. And then the other team is Liberty. I got to do a little research. They just broke the top 25, uh, but they seem like, you know, maybe they kind of are a Cinderella team. So, uh, if we kind of keep this college baseball up, I'll give you a little more in-depth next week with them.
2: And I'll tell you what, Texas right now, Texas is 8-0. What a great weekend series. They played Alabama. You know they went three and zero, but man, Bama hung right with them. You know uh, Texas beat them one zero two zero six one. It's a really tight game. But what a weekend coming up for Texas! They play in the Shriners Hospital Classic this weekend. They play Tennessee Friday, LSU Saturday, and UCLA Sunday. So that is just fantastic baseball. Keep an eye on that weekend series there with. Um, with Texas, a cute, great info there, man. With college, man, you drilled it. And uh, you know, I know Matt. Matt's been, you know, last week said on the show about a team. I'm going to keep an eye on Oregon State. I mean, always a really good team. Uh, I think they came in this week at 13th in the rankings. Uh, can really hit the ball uh, to maybe put a futures on them uh, to maybe win the national championship.
4: Matt, what's uh? So earlier before the show, so in Virginia, you can't. We were talking odds. I, I don't have UVA's odds. Uh, for a college world series championship. You mentioned Oklahoma state. I told you it's at plus 1300. They're a team that I haven't really looked at yet. What's, what's your reasoning for kind of liking them?
0: They have two just gas throwers, um, two studs to ride. Their bats are okay. Their bats aren't awesome, but I mean, if you get to it's basically like having lighter and rocker last year. These kids just throw gas, both average, I believe, 98 miles an hour. They both top out at like one Oh three. They can just bring it. If if those two kids can can get into the the final eight, there, man, look out. Uh, I I will. I'm the, a team that I actually I think everybody overlooks is still Mississippi State. I mean, they're the national champ. Everybody just seems to forget about them. I love Smitty's Oregon State call, and another team that I really like is uh, NC State, which we brought off brought up before we jumped on this cast. And I mean, they are eight zero. And they're just going to keep going up because the ACC is down a little bit. So they're they're probably going to roll through there and probably get a top four or five uh, overall ranking by the end of the year.
4: Yeah, I meant to. I'm glad you brought up Mississippi State. They have something that most teams don't. They have Landon Sims. I mean, that guy is just a nasty closer. And when I was out there last year uh, for the Kyles World Series, I mean, Landon Sims, in my opinion, was the MVP. You know, they, they played a game. It was uh, with Texas. It was 3-2, to two, and that guy just comes in and he ends the game, right? Ivan Melendez hits a, a home run to get him within one. Uh, all Texas momentum. That guy comes in and shuts it down. So while they did lose a lot of talent uh, on that team, you know, they lost their best pitcher, um, they're going to be okay because they have that closer, which teams don't. And uh, one last team is Arizona. They absolutely rake. They play really good team ball. They don't necessarily, you know, hit – bombs all the time uh but when i was out there they're hitting a lot of singles and doubles um and gappers and they they can put up you know they were putting up eight to ten runs out there and that's tough when you're playing the tough you know top eight teams in the country so out of the pac-12 watch out for arizona um i hope college baseball now with the lockout gets more uh viewing i know i'm getting ready to book my flight back out there Uh, it's probably the best sporting event of two weeks that i've ever been to uh, so I'll I'll keep you guys updated with that stuff.
0: All right, Smitty, let's uh, let's turn up the heat though. Let's get back to golf. I know you struggled last week a little bit, oh. but a lot, of, oh. a lot of people did. And then we had the big burger collapse, and a guy out of nowhere comes out to win it. I did drop Shane Lowry's name because of the win, even though I didn't play it, which I'm kind of angry about. But this week we got the Arnold Palmer Invitational. It's down to Bay Hill Club, another tough Florida course, I believe. 17 of the 18 holes might have water again it is a par 72 now and it's playing longer over 7400 yards so there's two real key metrics here one of them is par 5 scoring and the other is uh it's Bermuda greens so who's a really good Bermuda putter and the third there is one other key stat it's uh approach shots over 200 yards because this is a long course so you have a lot of long irons coming in one of the guys you loved last week is getting a lot of love again this week. Adam Scott is getting big-time ballyhoo for uh, backing. My personal favorite this week is Will Zalatoris because from T to green, he's got the best scoring average, I believe. And then if I'm going to take a long shot this week, it's going to actually be Justin Rose, who it, it does well in the Florida Tour. He's been quiet. I think he's made four or four cuts this year, or six of six cuts this year in the tournaments he has played. He's flying under the radar, his putters coming back. It, it, the thing with him is they switch clubs. And I think it's time that he's actually now getting back to being comfortable with his set of clubs. So if I'm looking to make a longer play, even to get in the top 20, top 30, it, Justin Rose, I think it's an easy look. Uh, Rory McIlroy's jumping off the page again. And we all know how that goes. Everybody jumps on him. He's like eight to one. And then he just falters. And he hasn't been playing very many tournaments just two for two this so far and cuts made on the pga he played well overseas um like i said i'm gonna stick with jala torres justin rose and i'll i'll, I'll throw out a little more stuff on my twitter of some other guys to maybe look at who do you have well i'm gonna dive into it i do it every wednesday night yeah last week
2: was tough you know i had five i think straight weeks i made a profit on and just did not russell knox kind of was there for me. I needed him top 10 and he really fell backwards. You know, I had Tommy Fleetwood and um my buddy Trackside was like, "Oh man, not a good play, not a good play. I had him to win it." Um and he missed the cut. So you know tracks i kind of called that correctly on me uh keith mitchell was one that i really needed in the top five and if he would have hit that i would have profited again and came on saturday and came on sunday early and then just kind of fell back but again you get those later holes on that last course and that's the bear trap so it's extremely hard I'm gonna dive into it. I'm not set. I I I always apologize. I'm gonna I'll tweet it out probably tonight. Um, get ready to go. But you know, Matt said Rory, yeah, first round leader before I think he was runner up in 2020. You know, a lot of people like him here. You know, could you look at it? I'm not gonna play him. I've taken him, we do a little um draft that we do every time i've taken him he just doesn't do anything for me so now i'm on i do have adam scott down i like that uh play there again i i'm gonna eye up keith mitchell i i think keith mitchell played well last week uh he's done well here jason kokrax another name that uh has seemed like he has played well here uh matt i also you know good minds think the same here i do have willie z baby i have him down so uh mike try to get him in a top five or maybe a top 10 uh, play here but I got to see the odds I've not even really looked at the odds I have again about 10 12 names I'm going to try to figure out not going to go crazy got good advice uh, from trackside very hard course like you said Uh, a lot of water wins again I'm probably going to do a win bet to maybe top fives and maybe two top maybe four if i go five i'll probably do three top ten so it should be a lot of fun next week's going to be a really good tournament so let's uh buck up and we're getting ready for the masters which we'll have some great info on all right boys i don't have anything else you guys have uh any I, got, I got i got one thing really 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 quick and oh man i had sticky notes jason would be so proud i got sticky notes everywhere where is it here it is okay big game saturday north carolina Going into um, Duke last game for Coach K. Did you guys see the sweet? Do you see? Did you see what the average ticket was going for? Like five thousand, wasn't it? It very good. Q. Yep, five thousand three hundred and ninety-two dollars. Would you guys ever, even if you had money? Because I mean, I think we're. We're we're doing all right. Us four are doing okay, but I wouldn't say we're rich by any means here. Uh, <laughs> would you Would you pay five thousand three hundred ninety
0: two to watch Coach K, Coach's last? Not game. a chance. Not a chance. Too much no. right? Yeah, no, I wouldn't.
3: Probably wouldn't you, you. who would you pay? Who would you pay That that's the better
0: question. Like who would
3: you drop five grand to go see? Would you go see like Super Bowl costs that much now? Nah, would you go see the? Would you pay that much to go see the Steelers in the Super Bowl? No,
2: no, absolutely not. Just because, you know, I like to flip over and watch something else, maybe like American Pickers or something. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the flexibility.
2: I, uh, I, you know, here's the whole thing. It's great going places oh, and seeing I, uh, games, but man, the traveling. When you get older, and the traveling, and you know, then if it's cold, and it's just not. I don't know. No, so no, I wouldn't go see it. And well, we're gonna see enough of Coach You're involved in a warm place anyway. You're you're safe with that. Well, the whole thing is just sit on your couch on Saturday because I think ESPN or ESPN two the whole day is Coach K.
3: Oh, okay, okay. What about this? Pittsburgh Pirates, game seven. Oh, we'll that, might, it. Be
2: in. that <laughs> might be in. But you, you have to spend it because no, they're be never back. going back. <laughs> <laughs> might be in for that. Uh, I, hey, I still have uh, Dr. Brent sent me when they were in and they lost to the Cardinals. I, I don't yeah. remember what year that was.
3: 2013.
2: Okay. He sent me um like the world series ticket. Like he yeah, got it and I still, I still have it. It's in a very safe place. Cause I like looking at it and imagining things.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, baseball, figure it out, man. Let's go. But Q said it Q. I made a great joke and I know we want to go cause we don't want to go too long here, but made a great joke that somebody said on Twitter last week, it said, man, ESPN can play um, cornhole and tag and all this stupid stuff on, put some more college baseball on, let's go until major league, but even if major league comes back, put on college baseball, there's my rant for the week, right
0: there, I'm done. All right, boys, I got nothing else. Oh, I got nothing. I got one thing. All right, right, here we go. Penn State
3: plus 12 and a half Thursday night against Illinois. (laughs)
0: book it no no the Illini,
3: no two and five against teams that shoot as many threes as penn state does they're gonna bounce it back they just got beat out of nebraska come on now but ohio state also lost to nebraska ohio state apparently is following penn state on th- their entire schedule here and losing the exact same games which you know well, I'm telling you, plus i 12 and a half take it lock and
2: one other I, thing good good great job by iupui or whatever five guys last night and they hung and Really, the entire game until the very end. Good for those five guys.
0: Should get an IL. Right, check check us out at Notebook Wagering. We got at Notebook Wagering, J Cam at Smitty Bucks, and at Q Mills. Hey, and if you guys Vegas action when we're out there for Mar- March Madness, feel free to reach out. Have a great night, and everybody bang your bookies.
1: Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.